دایی یه فرصت خوب حالا پشت مدافع خدا داد عزیزی توی دروازه گل گل برای ایران خدا داد عزیزی Salam to everybody, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, only our just uh, our first step in our preparation to our short-term goal, which is the the, the World Cup. I don't take it as a gratitude or take it as a reward or a compliment. I take it with a sense of responsibility, one uh, one angle, humble uh, conviction that uh, we need to be full, determined to our goals, full committed to our duties, and special with the clear clear vision in our mind that we are here to work and serve the people, the Iranian fans, because this is our job, to do our best to make people happy. Of course, we're going to play against some of the best players in the world, uh, but we're going to be ready for that. Welcome back, guys. Everyone to Gobazan Podcast. My name is Arya Aloverdi. Today, I'm joined by Sina Saimian and Babak Golriz. How are we doing, guys? How are you doing, Sina? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Arya. Always good to be um, good to speak to you. And also, obviously, Bobak now feels like a special guest. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to um, to speaking to him and hearing his views, as always. Good to have you back, Bobak. How are you doing, man? Good to be back, Arya and Sina. Looking forward to this. Good to have you. We were supposed to have Pejman on as well. He had a little bit of a contrarian view on the topics we're going to speak about today we'll have him on the next episode and you'll, you'll be able to hear his thoughts and his views on what's happened with the national team however today's episode will be uh, regarding the return of Carlos Kairosh as the national team head coach of Iran uh, obviously that meant that Dragan Skocic uh, was dismissed from his role and uh, of course uh, Kairosh came back a few days ago he's called up his list uh, a few hours ago uh, and as a result, we're recording this episode. And yeah, guys, we're going to get straight into the discussion. Dragan Skocic has lost his position as a national team head coach uh, with uh, around three months to go to the World Cup. Uh, we kind of saw it coming. It happened. He, he he was dismissed initially about a month and a half ago, or maybe two months ago, and then he was reinstated. And then when Mehdi Taj got the job, as we discussed in the previous episode, we thought that Mehdi Taj coming in would get him uh, sacked and then Kairos would come in. It's happened. So what do we think about that now, that he that has actually happened? Uh, Bobak? I think his position has always been a bit untenable, despite the good results. Uh, I remember watching an episode of, I don't know if it was called Yazda, this Kodadad Azizi talk show with Karimi and uh, Teymurion and the others about a year ago before we even qualified, I think. And they were already talking about the possibility of him being replaced. And they were of the view that it's quite likely back then when there was really no real, let's say, negative cloud around Team Meli. So 
on one regard, his let's say his lack of reputation, his lower salary always sort of made him susceptible. Uh, on the other hand, uh, he did get us to the World Cup from a position of almost elimination. Um, I think the results against Algeria or maybe the performance against Algeria and Korea, the last two games we've had, I think, more or less, um, were quite poor and alarming. And like you said, Arya, um, Taj has always had this link with Kairosh and uh, it's happened. If you want to ask me, is it fair? I would probably say it's not fair. It's a little bit harsh on Skocic. It's quite, I mean, it's the sort of move that would happen, for example, by the Saudi Arabian FA. But uh, it's not usually what we do. And uh, it's a bit unfair, but we've got to look forward now. It's a similar situation to what happened in 1998. Um, Jalal Talibi came in uh, for Vieira, not mistaken, at the time. Uh, quite late into that the process of the World Cup. Different situation, of course, now. Uh, Sina, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it is a little bit harsh on Scottish. And hearing views of, of different people on, on the job that he did, people tend to fall into two camps for me. They either they either underestimate the job that he's done or um, they overestimate it. So they make it sound as if, um, uh, you know, it's... it's this incredible achievement um, where only he could do this, etc. Whereas reality falls somewhere in the middle. Um, you know, Eskocic did come in at, at a time where Iran was on the verge. Well, I say on the verge, but, you know, we were in a difficult position um, in, the, in the first stage of, of qualification. We ended up getting the results um, and then went into to the final round and, and we, we qualified with ease. But we always, we, we I think we got to ask ourselves, why was Eskocic in that place to begin with. And it was because of the initial mistake, which was to bring Mark Wilmot. So if Wilmot's hadn't happened, would Skocic have been considered for the job? And the answer is no. So for me then, that what, what that means is the position of, of managing the national team deserves to go to someone who is a little bit more qualified. Now, that doesn't take away from the job that he did. He, I always refer back to you know going back to the basics sticking with what you know best um and and that's exactly what he did and and we ended up uh, qualifying for the world cup now as i've consistently said this decision should have been made much sooner to give Kairosh a better or not just Kairosh any manager that came in uh, you know more of an opportunity to be able to prepare for the world cup however late being late is better than never so at this point, we've got Kiroshin. We've given ourselves a better chance. He's familiar with, with the players. He's brought in almost the same coaching staff as he had previously, I think with the exception of, of Oceana Cruz. Um, so the staff are familiar with the players. And of course, from what, what I've heard, Nikunam will be joining up with the team as well. So there's a there's a there's a strong foundation there. The majority of the players are the same as 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 they were back in 2018. Um so I, I'm a little bit more positive going into the World Cup. Um, but I think Skocic thanked, uh, sorry, um, Kairosh thanked Skocic in one of uh, his first press conference. And and I think we also have to be thankful for, for the job that he did um, in, in that period. Yeah, just to cover that, obviously the the coaching staff that he has brought in, Kairosh, um, Roger Desa, who worked with him uh, in Egypt from South Africa, uh, he was also brought back uh, Lopez, the goalkeeping coach, 
uh, Ricardo Silva, who used to work with the Bahrain national team as a fitness coach. Then he's brought in Jao Paixero, who used to work with the national team of Iran. I think he was there for the 2018 World Cup. He's like a more of like an analyst. And he's also brought back uh, kind of the physio rehab coach, uh, Mikal Morera, uh, and obviously Ariane Gossemi, the, trans- uh, the interpreter. So, you know, he, ultimately, uh, yes, as you say, fam- familiar faces in the staff. Skocic, uh, he's lost the job in a in a very late, as I said, in the process. Did he deserve it in terms of the results, as Bob Ak said? Probably not. Sina, you're right, I think, absolutely. Kirosh, no doubt, is a much, much more superior coach than Skocic. I think even Skocic would admit that himself. Uh, deep down, may not say it out, out loud, but I think he knows it himself, that Kirosh is a much more superior. I mean, the guy coached, Ultimately, you can, I mean, he, everyone always alludes to the fact that he wasn't successful under the Colombian national team, the Egyptian national team, even though he got them to the brink of qualification against a very strong Senegalese side um, twice. Uh, he didn't even win, they almost won the, the AFCON. But then on top of that, he's worked with the likes of Sir Alex, Sir Alex Ferguson and, and you know, obviously at Real Madrid, obviously wasn't successful. But ultimately, you know, in my, I'm in the view, and this is my opinion, and I think people might be upset with me saying this, I don't even think Skocic would get a job in the Croatian League. I'm being honest with you. I, I, don't, think he would, I don't think he would comfortably get it. So the reality is, uh, as much as I, I, feel, I feel for Skocic, I do. I feel for his staff. I feel for Mario Todd uh, as well, obviously. He, he interviewed him. You know, I thought he was a nice guy. Uh, did a great job uh, as well behind the scenes. However, just wasn't superior enough for this national team. We should be expecting the best. Um, maybe Kirosh isn't the best that we can bring in. I think we can definitely bring in... Uh, there, there's definitely better coaches than Kirosh, no doubt about it. But at this point in time, no one else is going to take the job. Uh, he's taking a job with a salary of $50,000 uh, cash in hand. Uh, and then on top of that, his assistants are getting uh, $30,000 uh, spread out between the lot, the five of them. So the reality is they're coming in on very low salaries. Uh, I don't think any other coach would take that job at this time and this less late to the process. So we, you know, uh, ultimately that that's that's what's happened. But, but let's not forget that this was not about finding any coach. It was really it was for Taj. It was Kirosh. This was the move that he would make that change for. So we were never looking for someone else. It was just Carlos Kirosh. And the, the history that Sina mentioned and you mentioned, the fact that he knows everyone so well, I think it doesn't really count against us too much in terms of the preparation. Uh, we've got two decent friendlies lined up end of this month as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic. I mean, I, I, I was very deflated about the World Cup. I was not looking forward to it. So at the very least, we can... Uh, have that buzz back like we had in 2018. It's interesting. Um, obviously, uh, you said Todd. I mean, Todd has 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 been. There've been talks about him coming back in the job as well as an IFF president. He is back now. But the the question was when was Kirosh actually contacted by the federation or by anybody in Iran? Um, Roger Desa, the assistant coach has actually come out and said uh, in an interview uh, with uh, South African media, the media that he interviewed with is SABC Sport in South Africa. He mentioned uh, how 
Carlos Queiroz was contacted uh, a week after he left Egypt. Uh, that was back in mid-April. Um, and obviously he reached an agreement with them, with the Iran Federation a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but, you know, it shows you that there was always a plan to bring back Kairos. Uh And I think that's that's materialised. Um, you know, how late it is. Sina? I mean, I'm, I'm not so sure about the plan because, you know, it's taken so long. But obviously, as, as we've found out, you know, he, he needed Torch to become the, the president of, of the, um, the Federation before that happens. Um, yeah, sorry, Ari, what, what was the question? Why do you think it took so long? Like, if 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 they'd contacted them back in mid-April, why is it taking this time? I mean, is it is it? Like, do you think the people, well, the people, we, we don't know who was in contact first of exactly, all, so it could just thing. be some uh, random Ali from uh, wherever. So th- I think it 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 was only touch. It's yeah, about touch, yeah. and 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 this probably was sometime in the summer mm. when it became clear that he wanted to run for federation president. So. I think you needed the right guy in the right place to make it happen. All right, so let's go on to uh, Kairos. Kairos is back now, obviously. He was uh, a coach of the national team in 2014 and 2018 World Cup. Um, both times didn't qualify for the second rounds of, of the, the competition. However, does this mean that we have a better chance of doing so? Uh, uh, Sina? Yes. Again, going back to what, what Bobak said, I was also... Um, kind of feeling similar in terms of not really looking. I wouldn't say not looking forward to the World Cup, but I wasn't. I wasn't positive about our chances and about the results and the performances that we were going to put in. Um, now with disappointment, um, there is a little bit more optimism. Um, for that initial game against, um, against England and and our chances of going to the second round have increased now. It's increased compared to what it would have been under Skocic, but we still have a lot of a lot of work to do. Um, you know, Kairosh isn't a magician. Um, as you said, yep, he's a great coach, but he's not one of the best in the world. You know, he's not, uh, you know, I always think of him as, as someone who uh, puts in a lot of time, effort and energy into getting the preparations perfect for every opposition. Um, and then in matches, as we saw, in the seven, eight years that he was in charge of Iran, when something does go wrong, we often miss a plan B or or a and 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 a decisive change to to change the kind of the 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 way the game is going in in our favor. That will still remain, but I think we'll be a lot more prepared going into the games yeah. against England, against Wales, and against the United States. I think, as always, the very first game is extremely important um, to get a result because you don't want to go into the second game fighting for your survival. Because if you lose the first game, second game is basically where you you find out whether the third game even matters or not. So it's important that we we approach that first game. Um, and I know he'll be ready. I know he'll make sure the team will be ready because looking back at the 2014 and 2018 World Cup, those games, I think we were the most prepared for. Yeah. Especially yeah. in 2014, we got the draw against Nigeria. Really dull game, absolutely. But we ended up getting the result we wanted, which meant against Bosnia, we were still in with a chance of, of, of going up to the second round. Similar again in 2018, where the game against Morocco um, was, the, was the decisive game. You know, if we lost that game, 
essentially the Portugal and Spain game didn't matter. And I and I feel that it's it's very similar um in 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 this World Cup as well. Um but I have no doubt that, that we'll be prepared tactically yeah. and um physically as well. Bobak, um, Kairos obviously has extensive experience in the Premier League. Uh, obviously worked at Man United under Alex Ferguson. Uh, and he has a uh, history with the US national team. He actually wrote, um, he wrote a, a blueprint for the US national team called Project 2010. You can actually go and find it online. Uh, basically, it was a massive kind of... Um, the thesis that he wrote for the US national team in order for the 2010 World Cup to be the moment where the US national team, I suppose, thrive and become a, a, a leading nation in, in world world football. Um, and and at that time, US national team in 2010 World Cup was pretty good. I mean, they did good against England. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't remember that one, they did really good against England. Uh, if you remember the, the Rob Green mistake. Uh, so I want to ask you, Bob, you know, considering he's got extensive experience in the UK and in the US football, does that mean that we're going to be well prepared with two months or three months to go? I think we will be well prepared, but I'm not sure it has anything to do with uh, either of the points you said, because, I mean, his experience in the Premier League is a lifetime ago. I don't think there's any player that was playing in the Premier League at that time currently in the England squad. Uh, same thing with the US, but uh, they are well known, so they're not so, let's say, they're not uh, uh, leagues or players that you won't have data and videos on. So for sure, Kiaros is going to prepare, and they've probably been preparing for a while already. He enjoys being the underdog. That's his mentality, very similar to Mourinho. He likes to create that uh, image, uh, us against the world, boys, and... Uh, Going up against the US will mean something to him. Going up against England, definitely he will be up for. And uh, so will the players. So I think we will be prepared. Whether that translates to positive results, I don't know. As Sina said, the problem with Kirosh has always been a plan B. And if we concede the first goal, it's quite often we don't get back into the game. So we're probably going to see a bit more of the game plan against Spain or against Argentina, against Portugal. But hey, that's our only chance. Sina, how do you see us approaching a game uh, like the English, the first game against England? Do we remain defensive as we were under Kairos against top teams? Or do you think that considering England haven't always started so well in tournaments, Look at the Euros, the way they played against Scotland, for example. They only got a one point out of that game. Do you think Iran could go and and try to put it put put it to put it on them a little bit? Kirish will certainly hope hope to do so, but he's not going to approach it in a very naive way where he'll think, actually, if we if we press really high up the pitch or you know um, continuously do that throughout the entire game, we can get a result. You know, he'll he'll still approach the game in in the same way as he's always done, which is. Uh, to make sure that we keep our shape, make sure that you limit the the opposition to um, very minimum amounts of chances and, and rely on the fact that the opposition will get desperate, in which case that's where um, they will inevitably make mistakes and will be prepared and, and will have players in the right positions to be able to uh, to take advantage of them. Kairos plays, for, for me, when he sets a team up, it's more or less setting up a trap for the opposition. 
um, whether it's on the ball or, or off the ball. And, and that's exactly how we'll play against England, US and Wales. The, the thing, like I said, the thing that he'll be hoping on is that England get desperate as the game goes on. And knowing how Southgate operates, I'm not sure how I'm I'm not sure if England will will take those risks to make sure that they they go all out against Iran after for example, you know, if it's nil nil after the um after the hour mark. That's the difficult part. But in terms of how he will set the team up, he'll still set the team up with um with kind of a, a mentality that uh, we we don't want we don't want the ball. The opposition can have the ball. We'll just make sure that we occupy all the spaces. We'll protect the spaces, and we'll make sure that um, England's midfield, fullbacks, etc., um, aren't able to supply the forward line with as, as many opportunities um, as possible. And at the same time, hope that with the likes of Osmond, Taremi, and and so on, um, we can catch them on the break. But also, I think in this tournament more than the previous tournaments that he's been in Iran, he's been with Iran I think set pieces will play a much bigger part um, than they have done previously but back um, obviously we have two games against USA and Wales which are more likely uh, uh, where Iran could get victories uh, do you believe with the return of Carlos Kiros that becomes a reality or do you still think that there will be a level of pragmatism uh, within those matches as well. I think uh, we've got enough history with Carlos Kiros to know how he sets up his teams. And I think the game plan will be roughly quite similar across all three games. Um, Yes, we might be a little bit more expansive against the US or uh, Wales, possibly. But I think the game plan is always going to be stay tight in defence, uh, have a tight unit uh, between the lines and hit them on the break. Now, whether that's against Korea or against England or against uh, the US, I think it's the same. Against weaker opposition, like relatively weaker, let's say like Wales, we might have more opportunities to be expansive and uh, hit them on the break. But uh, overall, I think we'll be pragmatic, like you said, and uh, the, the the big difference here is that we've probably got one of the best strike partnerships in the World Cup as long as they're both fit and, let's say, healthy. Uh, and hopefully, Sardar Osman gets more regular minutes for Leverkusen. If, if this was one year ago, the way Tarami and Osmoon were both in form when he was at Zenit and Tarami, of course, he's been doing it for the past 18 months or so consistently, then I would be even more optimistic. So I'm quite, uh, let's say, worried about the fact that Sardar is not getting games or barely getting minutes as well at Leverkusen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so coming on to the squad list then, um, he's called up 27 players for this list. Um I'll just go through it very quickly. Goalkeepers are Abedzadeh, Beiron Van, Niozmand, and Hosseini. Centre-backs are uh, Hosseini, Kanoni, Khalilzadeh, and Turadi Ganji. The full-backs, there's quite a lot of them. Uh, Moharami, uh, Mohammadi, Rezaian returning. Uh, Omid Nurafgan, Saleh Ardani, and uh, Abolfaz Jalali. Uh, the midfielders are Hoy Safi, Ezatollahi, Omid Ebrahimi, Nurullahi, uh, Vahid Amiri, which we're not sure if he's going to be fit or not, uh, and Salak. And then the kind of forward line, 
سامان قدوس علی رضا جهانبخش قولی زاده and Torabi and then obviously the strikers are Osmun Taremi and Ansari Fard uh, anyone there uh, Sina that looks at you look at and you say shouldn't be in the squad I wouldn't really say shouldn't be but the only one I would question is Umid Ibrahimi I mean I, I know we show for central midfielders um, so I, I I get that logic that you know um, because there is a lack of numbers why not rely on on, on some of the old heads essentially but I, I'm not sure if he's the same player as, as he was in 2018 and can offer the same thing um, but it'll be interesting to see how he gets on or if he gets on, on the pitch in, in these two friendlies I think our central midfield in terms of Ezzatullahi and Nurullahi is kind of nailed on not because Nurullahi in particular is great but more because there's, there's not really anyone better that, that can play that role um, so he he's the only one. Rami Rezaian was quite obvious that he's, he's going to um, he's going to come back. I'm not sure if he's a starter. I would still go go with Maharami, um, not just because of his performances in uh, for for uh, Dinamo Zagreb in, in the Champions League, but because consistently he's showed that he's he's good enough to play that role, and um, I think he's a reliable uh, player as well. Bobak, anyone for you that stands out that you think maybe we should have been called up or hasn't uh, and that shouldn't be in the squad? I, I was surprised that Ali Karimi is not called up. Uh, well, he's injured. He's injured. He's, uh, is he injured? Yeah, he's injured. Okay, yeah. okay. then that, 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 that's that's a relief sort of because when I saw Ibrahimi ahead of Karimi because Karimi was playing a couple of weeks ago for Kaiseri, uh, I was sort of expecting him to be in the squad. It's a shame he's injured because this is probably the only opportunity for players to let's say, surprise and break through the squad unless there's an 11th hour pick on the eve of the World Cup. So that's that's one area where I'm worried about. Like Sina said, central midfield, I think we're very exposed, very thin. Ibrahim is 35 years old. He's certainly not the player he was four years ago. And uh, we're going to need legs in the middle. So I think Hodge Safi, the fact that we've got probably, what, six fullbacks called up. So it suggests that Hodge Safi could be more likely to be somewhere in the midfield. Uh, we we know that's not like the most uh, solid experiment we've had in the past. Uh, Is that Tola is not playing? That's not good. Nurullah, he's sort of like almost like a box-to-box sometimes. And... uh, you, you you sort of feel like we're going to have trouble in the middle against all three teams, to be honest with you. So yeah. that's one area where I hope someone can break through or we get a surprise. And then obviously Ramin Reza Yon getting called back, which probably justified over his general form over the last couple of years. And Carlos was always going to call up people like uh, Ibrahimi and Reza Yon to at least see them close up before making taking a call if, if, if they're good enough to be in the squad or he's got better players who have broken through since he left. So that's logical. And in the same vein, he was never going to really drop key players from uh, Skocic's squad. A, it would raise alarms too quickly. Like these guys are the guys who took us to the World Cup and he's not even seen them and he's discarded them. And B, he has to see them up close to, to make to take that call. He's a professional coach. He's not, I don't think he's going to favor certain players over others he's going to look at who are the best players that are going to give him a chance to get results yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. there's a few things i want to i want to point out obviously uh, i'll just go through it myself uh, thoughts i had uh goalkeepers is four of them i'm not sure if we need four but 
you know, it is what it is. Uh, Khalidzadeh uh, keeps his position. It obviously, uh, notoriously wasn't called up under Carlos Queiroz for a long time. Now he's, he's staying, he's called up four centre-backs, so I think he's nailing them down as the four that will be in this in the World Cup. Um, obviously, Prady Ganji coming back as well. You, you mentioned there's six full-backs. I think he really wants to to kind of find out who his best two full-backs are. Uh, we just saw Mohan Ami, I mean, fair play to him. He's playing in the Champions League, you know, two starts in a row. Played really well against AC Milan. Uh, I could see him hopefully doing a lot better than he did last season uh, for Dinamo Zagreb. Um, I want to see more from Mirad Mohamadi as well. You know, he's not starting regularly at AAK Athens. We need to see him play because he is still, in my opinion, at the right age to be a starting fullback for the national team. But I don't know what's happened to him. Um, he's brought in guys like Abul Faz Jalali and Hardani, who obviously were caught up under the Skocic uh, era. Uh, so they're staying... You mentioned the midfield. For me, I think you guys are picking on Omid Ebrahimi a little bit too much. I think Omid Ebrahimi, ultimately, we don't have a lot of players of his mould. Yes, he's a little bit older, but he's end of the day, he's a guy who can keep the ball and you can actually you can actually do something with it. I don't think we have players like that in that position. I don't think Nuno Rahi can do that. I don't really think, in my opinion, Salak is that kind of guy either. I don't think... There's no other, I mean, obviously, you mentioned Ali Kanimi, but he's injured. So we have to bring in someone else. I don't really know anyone else that could do that at this point. There's obviously the only other guy that I can think of is Mehdi Mehdi Poor, which I'm surprised isn't in this list. Uh, he was in the initial list, but he's not in this one. Uh, so I'm, I would like to see him maybe get called up. Um, attacking midfielders and wingers, I would have liked to have seen I mean, Hossein Hossein Zadeh, who just moved to Charlevoix. I thought he was quite impressive against Algeria when he came on. Uh, I don't know why he's only called up four kind of wingers. Uh, he could have called up more. I, I don't really see the, the necessity in maybe dropping a, a Bayadi for Torabi or even a guy like Yassin Salmani who's done really well this season. And the other one I'm surprised about is Shahab Zahidi. I think Ansar is probably a great player, but I think Shahab Zahidi at this point is a much, much more superior striker than him. Uh, so, I, you know, I was I was hoping to see him in the squad, but unfortunately, uh, Karim Ansar, if I keeps his position. Of course, I would have good, good to have seen both of them in it, you know, but um, that's what we have just now. Because to answer if I don't, I think him and Hart Safi aren't there based on their footballing abilities. I agree with you that, you know, if you compare them to Shahab Zahadi or, or other players, they shouldn't be in there. But they're there to play the role of what Dejagia and Masud used to play back in, you know, 2018 or, or, or even the 2019 yeah, definitely. Um, Asian Cup because... We know Kairos relies on those players to make sure that the the atmosphere in 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 the squad and um, they are almost his his generals, let's say, um, uh, amongst amongst the squad. So they have a key role um, to yeah. play. I agree, though. Uh, players like Shahab the even Hossein Zadeh, they've they've earned the right. The one that you actually pointed out, which I think is is a great um, kind of mention and and. I don't know how I didn't pick up on this earlier, is Mehdi Poor. I think he's a great player and he should be in there. And and I, I genuinely think he 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 should compete with Nurullahi for a spot a starting spot in, in the World Cup. So that's that's a real big surprise, Aria. Very um, very good point. Yeah, I mean, considering we don't have a lot of midfielders, I'm surprised. And, and honestly, I, don't, I just don't get how Milad Salak is getting in this list. Yeah, I get he has supporters, Salak. I know he's a hardworking player. 
I know he does well for press bodies, but every time I've seen him play, I've just never been impressed by him. I've never been impressed by him at all. And one of the key things that we need in our midfield, in our midfield, in the national team of Iran, is we need to have people who can keep the ball and keep it moving. We don't just need hardworking players because, you know, we have that. We have hard work, but we need to have people who yeah, can but keep you, the ball. You say keep the ball, but we're not going to have so much of the ball generally. And we're going to yeah, be Absolutely, direct. but when we do have it, that precious moment, we need to be able but to that's where you have Saeed. That's, that's where you have Saeed, but, basically. But Saeed, yeah. Saeed's playing the second tier of Danish football. Yeah, but that, that's another, that's a whole different topic. That we've got problems in central midfield, but I think the, the partner for Ezat Ohlahi should be someone who has the legs to press, to break up play. Yeah. And that's why I can understand why he's got the people, players like Ibrahimi, who was full of energy yeah. at his peak, and then yeah. Sarlak, who's, like you said, a hardworking player. And, and, it it sort of makes sense on paper. Are they good enough? That's the second. Yeah. That's that's another point, and they probably aren't. You know. For me, but, for, sorry, for, you know, for me, that guy is a Vaidhamidi. That guy that you're saying is Vaidhamidi. I think he's the only guy who can really do that. He doesn't have the discipline to to keep his position when we don't have the ball, Amiri. I agree with Bobak. I think a player who can, um, who's who's. A, a ball-winning midfielder, if you, if you want to call it that, would be better. But which is exactly what Ebrahimi played back in 2018 World Cup as well. He wasn't there to, uh, you know, to hit uh, 50-yard cross, kind of crosses um, to to wider areas. Um, but I'm not sure he can play that role at the moment either. I'm not sure he has the legs. To, but even Amiri, Amiri is at 34, and and he's he's had a big surgery or or big big injuries as well, and. Uh, He's not the same player he was four years ago. Yeah. And th- th- that's certainly going to be another problem as well. So I think that's the critical area. And I, I can very much see how Safi playing there. I think that's one of the reasons why in this squad list, you can see it so heavy in fullbacks and midfielders because those are the areas that he has to address. Those are the areas that are, are definitely lacking in, in quantity, but also quality. You know, so... Uh, we have to address them. I hope, hopefully, the next two friendlies against Uruguay and Senegal will be on the twenty third and the twenty seventh of September. Uh, hopefully, they'll they'll go ahead and everything will go fine. I can go and watch the games in person. <laughs> uh, uh, and you know, we do have good preparations, so we can see who the the starting players would potentially be at the World Cup. Um, any other points we we want to raise before we go to fan questions? Yeah, a big problem is the lack of playing time for a lot of our key players. I mean, we mentioned Ezatolahi, you've got Odus, you've got Jahan Bach, who okay, he's got two starts in a row now for Feyenoord. Let's hope he keeps it up. But, in, but you've got Azmoun, you've got if Mohammadi is chosen at left back, which could very well happen. Side. If 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 Hotsafi uh, plays in midfield, yeah, I mean Said we mentioned right at the beginning. So you've got four five key players who could be starting and are not playing anywhere near regular football at their clubs. That's going to be a big problem compared to twelve to eighteen months ago. I actually think Skocic had peak players in terms of their 
the way they were at their clubs at the time. Even Godus was playing regularly. Osmond was on fire. Tarani, everyone, everyone was really at a peak level. Who who is who, who is a big winner here? I think Majid Hosseini. He was a little bit in the doldrums in the last couple of years, but since he moved to Kayseri, playing regular football, I think he's sort of catapulted himself back into as maybe the number one center back. As we know, Kairos really rated him as well. So my worry is that key players are not going to have match fitness. They're going to be rusty, and then you're going to expect them to play high-intensity football for 90 minutes against very physical and aggressive teams. Yeah. See, now, what do you make of Osmond? Uh, hasn't played a lot of games for Leverkusen, hasn't played much uh, in, in a Champions League. What What's going on with him? What does that mean for his national team uh, progress? So, Osmond and other players, in terms of the point that Bobak raised, and I'm not saying that I agree with, with what I'm about to say. It was just something that I, I came across earlier um, I think it might have been today or yesterday, in regards to England. So England have called up players like uh, Maguire, Luke Shaw, etc., um, ahead of players that may be a little bit more deserving considering those two don't, don't really play, play regularly for the club. Now, someone made a point that, yes, that is true. These players aren't playing le- regularly for the, for the clubs. But on the flip side of that, what you could argue is these players are going to go into the World Cup fresh, and they're not going to be jaded midway through the season, so there there is that side, and I agree with some point with with regards to what Bobak and yourself said, and I somewhat agree with the point that that particular person made about the England England squad. I think the balance is somewhere in the middle. If players like Osmond are match fit, they are sharp. It's just they're not getting the the time on the pitch. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. What I do have a problem with is if they are not match fit. So if if this is a player who's not sharp at all, be match not, fit, you, know, you can't be match fit if you're not playing for the past I, three, four, six months. I think months. if you're playing, I think if you're playing at the highest level in Europe, you can. I agree. I know. I know where. I know where. I know where you're coming from, and I and I agree. There is a difference between someone who plays ninety minutes every game and someone who doesn't. But the difference, especially at the, at the level that we are talking, the difference isn't. An incredible amount, you know. It's, it's the difference isn't comparing someone who plays in Iran, for example, compared to someone who right. plays in Europe. I, 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 like I said, I, I don't really have a problem with players not being on form, for example. Yeah, but that, but one, one like Maguire. Let's imagine he starts for England. They're not going to choose four others in the same way. We, we're talking about. Let, let, let's count them: Saeeda Tolahi, Sardar Osman, Alirzo Jahanbach, Saman Godus. At least these four, we can say they're very likely that they can start. And absolutely, you can't, you can't, you can't have four players who haven't been playing more or less for six months. They're, I, they're not going to be on the top of their game. It's just too many. I want to make a I agree. Before you I add. agree. No, I, I agree. And the, the, that's why I made the point that there's got to be a balance between the two. You're right. You know, you can't play five or six players or half the team. Um, you know, players who've been who've spent the the season on the bench, but again, there's a lot of football to be played between now and then. Um, we don't know why Osmond's not playing. Um, in terms of, um, by Leverkusen, look, they've got Patrick Sheik as well. They've they've just brought in Callum Hudson Odoi, although I know he's not a centre forward. Um, but we always knew he's he's going to find it. I wouldn't say difficult, but he may have not started every game. I don't think they were ever going to play with two strikers up top. So it's just a matter of. 
I think Ezatuloy is a little bit more of a concern for me because he's already playing for a, for a team in, in in Denmark, whether it's the first division or second division. So their level isn't going to be as much as or as as as, as on the same level as Brentford, for example, where Kodus might be on the bench. So that's more of a concern for me than Kodus being being on the bench for for Brentford or, or Osmond gain fifteen and twenty minutes here and there. To make a couple of points, uh, it's interesting you guys raise this. You know, under Kairos, we always remember there were times where like Deja Ga wouldn't play a game for a long time, come in and he'd be do he would do great for us. I think if there's one guy who can get the best out of players in those kind of situations, it is Carlos Kairos, and that's why I'm happy that we're getting Carlos as this coach. I think he's the kind of guy that you can bring in that will get the best out of players, even if they're not playing to their to their top 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 quality. I think that's why what's one of the reasons why Skocic maybe not staying might have been better, and bringing back Kirosh because I think he's that only guy. Now, other point I want to make is regarding, uh, you know, Osmond. Like the reality is, regardless of what how many games he plays up until the World Cup, he will start. Hundred as Bobak said, he will start. No doubt about it. So he he has to get a finger out in these friendlies. I mean, he has to put all his effort into preparing himself individually in these two friendlies. And as much as that sounds like like it's only going to be two games and there's three months to go, it doesn't matter. You have to... Osmond's going to play. So he has to do all he can to get himself prepared. And Kairosh, I'm sure, will do his utmost to do that, to get him to that standard. Uh, and you never know, he might start playing between now and... Uh, in November, Jahan Bash is playing a lot more regularly now. Actually, it was fantastic uh, uh, on Thursday for final. He scored two goals. Uh, Said, I'm worried about him. I'm definitely worried about Said. I really wanted to him to get a transfer this summer. Didn't happen. Um, Salmon as well. I was hoping he would go on loan. Didn't happen. So, uh, anyway, okay, let's move on to some fan questions. We've got quite a lot. So, hopefully, we can answer as many as we can. Uh, first one is regarding. Uh, Alayar uh, question comes from Amir uh, Isage. She asks, uh, "Is Alayar one hundred percent out of the World Cup?" Yes, he is out of the World Cup. He is out of the World Cup. I spoke to him recently. Uh, he said to me, "Recovery. He's going to try his best, but as far as the World Cup is concerned, he's not going to be able to make it, unfortunately." Which is a big shame. A big shame. The next question comes from uh, Mahdi Saka. Sakakai, he asks, uh, is Nekunam coming back? Sino? Um, he is, isn't he? I read somewhere that he's he's agreed to come back. So so Usuli, uh, I think he's the spokesperson for the federation. This morning on national television, they they had said that the the host said that yeah, Usuli told me that he's coming back, and then Usuli went on his Instagram story posting an article of an interview that he just did saying that no I, I I wish I could come on the show and say it myself. He hasn't officially come back. We're still in discussions, but we hope that it does get finalized. So that's that's what that's been said. So it's not official, not actually back yet. But I think the way Kairos spoke about it in his press conference the other day, I believe he wants to do his his utmost to, to work with Fulod and try and get him to be the assistant coach for the World Cup. Um, Bobak, do you have an opinion on that? I think it would be a good appointment. It would be interesting. He's proven himself in the league as well. 
He's got the respect of the players. He knows many of the players, so I think it can only be good. Which players do you think are guaranteed a starting spot at the World Cup? And that question comes from Hoshimi on Instagram. I think if Fitz, Sardar, Tarami, probably Jahan Bakhsh, Saeed, possibly Bayron Band. I can't see Kairos not choosing Bayron Band. So I think those are probably guaranteed. Sina, uh, next question for you comes from Mateen125 on Instagram. He asks, uh, should uh, we play a, a 4-3-3? Uh, even considering Osmond's form since he's not been in good form, should Tarami play the lone striker? What do you think about that? I was actually thinking about that when we were talking about Osmond and, and um, when you were saying that he, he'll be a guaranteed start. And I agree, I think he will start. But it would be interesting to see if if Kairos is willing to take that chance and, and use Osmond off the bench, so start with Tarami up front. But the issue is then who would you play on the left? I know you, we also have Polizadeh who I think missed out on 2018 because he got a last-minute injury. So it would be good to see him in the squad and, and get an opportunity. But I'm not sure if if he would choose to start Polizadeh on the left and, and play uh, Osmond off the bench, essentially. Um, I think he will still stick with with what worked under him three years ago, and what has worked in this in these three years as well, which is Tori Minos Osmond up front, and they have a great understanding. As as Bobak said, that they'll go in as one of the best partnerships in 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 the World Cup, um, in, and that in itself is is very valuable for Iran. Next question comes from Twitter from uh, Said Juventino. He asks possibility of playing a, a three man defense. Uh, considering he's, he's only brought in four centre-backs, I don't see that as a possibility, if I'm being honest with you. I, I don't see how how that would work, uh, if I'm being honest. Um, I'd love it, though. I think I would, it's a great I would, idea. Yeah. I think I think we have the necessary players up front, certainly, to, to, to be able to play that. Um, but such a short time, not enough time to, to experiment... Maybe after the World Cup, and if Kairos stays or a new manager comes in, it might be worth trying. Because I, I think Purali Ganji's best role is as a sweeper. I think he, play, I mean, he played there against Bosnia a couple of years ago when the coach was in charge, and I thought he did really well. I thought he was really impressive in that role. And I think he could do really well in the World Cup in that role. But unfortunately, he's only called up three, uh, sorry, four. So that's it. Okay, um, last question. I want to ask you both. Prediction on the World Cup. If Scorchich had stayed, what do you think the results would have been? Now that Kairos is in charge, what do you think the results would have been? I think possibly three losses with Scorchich. Maybe would have stolen a draw somewhere um, at best. And with Carlos, I might end up being the same. But we certainly have a better chance. So uh, tough to predict. It's too early. I'd like to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. But... Um, we have a chance. Yeah, we do these predictions at the end of every episode, and I think at some point we got to draw the line on it. It's it's way too early. I agree with Bob. Like it's it's too early, even if even if Scottish was still here. Let's ask let's ask the same question at the end of this camp, and see where we're at at that point. I agree, we have a better chance now, but to make predictions as to how many points we'll get is is difficult. Go and give us a prediction, Sina. <laughs> Honestly, I, I I'm not sure. Um, All right, okay. I think I th- the, the the way the order of the games make it really difficult. Playing right. England first is isn't ideal. Look, I, I'd I'd like to think we'll get a win on the K Rush, 
but like Bobak said, it could still go the same way as it would on the Scottish. It's it's really difficult now. I'd like I I like these two games um, to see how things go. Yeah, I think the, the games against Senegal and Uruguay will, will show more. If I'm being honest, I think under Skocic, we would have maybe maximum got a couple of points. Uh, on like that. that's, my, that's my maximum. I think under Kairosh, there's a chance. I think we can beat the US. I do think we can beat the US. I think they're a good team, but I just don't know if the US are together enough. They, got, they call up like 60, 70 players within the last three years. And it's like, I don't know if they have a tight-knit group, whereas I think Iran, Iran do. And I think under Scot- uh, under Kiros, that will be more evident. Uh, and Wales are, are, are a strong team. You know, I think we can do well against them as well, though. I do. But again, it, it will have to come down to these two friendlies, which are next week, the 23rd of September against Uruguay, 27th of September against Senegal, uh, both matches will be played behind closed doors, uh, so no fans. However, I do believe they will be broadcast. I will be there. Hopefully, I'll be uh, allowed to record uh, or take photos. I'll be there as a media uh, member, so I'm, I look forward to it. Um, as a result, that means we we probably won't do spaces. It depends if anyone else from our team would like to do that responsibility. I normally take it. Normally, maybe Samson might do it. So we'll see what happens. So we might have a space before each game. We will have a podcast out in a few days, hopefully, if we can organize it quickly enough. Uh, covering these two matches, we'll have journalists from each country. Um, you can support us on Patreon, on patreon.com forward slash goldbazan. Uh, follow us on social media at GoldBazan on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're also on TikTok now as well and all other podcast platforms, including YouTube. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be back very, very soon and take care. Thanks a lot, Sina. Thank you, Aria. Thank you. Bye bye. Hi, my name is Saman Godus. I'm playing for the Iranian national team and Brentford Football Club. And you are listening to Golbezan podcast.